Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Greatest Games podcast on the Blizzard. My name is Marcus Speller. With me is Jonathan Wilson, and with us today is Eero Lorilla, former football correspondent covering the Premier League and Football League. He's now back in his native Finland, working as an assistant coach for third tier side Epspoon. Palo Sora, I'm sure I've pronounced that wrong, uh, Aero, and uh, runs the football website, brittyfootis.com. Pleasure to have you on the pod, my good man. Yes, thank you for asking. This is a pleasure. <laughs> How do you pronounce the third tier side that you are an assistant coach of? Uh, Espoon Palo Seura. Yeah, okay. Oh, well, I wasn't too far away. wasn't too far away. Well, today uh, we go back to August 2012 for a Europa League playoff round second leg that ended HJK Helsinki 3, Athletic Bilbao 3. Ira, why have you gone for this game? Yeah, because probably because I will never forget this match. And and because it was the time when Marcelo Bielsa, uh, he was the manager of uh, Athletic Bilbao. And, and we, we had an office. I was working in a Finnish football club, uh, EFK, who is now playing in the Premier League in the Finnish Finnish level, so top level. So uh, I was working as a head of coaching and we had an office next to the Olympic Stadium and and uh, Finnish Stadium. So we de- decided to go to Spy, Spy Bielsa. <laughs> and it's a bit bit different stadium because you, you can see inside of the stadium. So So we went on a rock and we recorded the whole whole show and then we uploaded it on youtube <laughs> and it took it took years that maybe few thousand people i've even lost my passport to that youtube account so i cannot even even get it get it edited or anything mm. anymore so anymore when the whole Bielsa spying gate at Leeds. Then I checked that. Oh my God! It's like one hundred thousand or even more people have been watching this. So and I was always when I was checking Twitter, there was this this video and people were editing that video and I was seeing it everywhere. So uh, probably this is the reason. Yeah, we I mean, presumably Frank Lampard and Derby County got their hands on that video as well. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but Jonathan, um, well we'll get to Bielsa in a minute. But um, Helsinki three, Athletic Bilbao three. A lot of goals. What do you remember about this match? Absolutely nothing. I mean, it was. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we should say we're we're sort of using this game as a jumping off point to talk about Bielsa, who I know mm. uh, I was a, is a huge fan of, uh, and has analysed a lot of. I mean, not only his own video, but but a lot of Bielsa games, a lot of things Bielsa said, but also the the HAK coach, uh, Antti Muinen, who had been the Finland national coach at what. I, I mean, I was about to say this. I don't know if it's true. What certainly I have, have always assumed had been before this generation of Finnish players the best Finland national team. That I mean, English fans may remember that when Beckham scored his free kick to draw against Greece mm. in 2001 to qualify for the 2002 World Cup, the only reason that was relevant yeah. was because Finland had drawn 0-0 against Germany in Gelsenkirchen. But if Germany had won that game, England would have been second in the group mm-hmm. and would have faced a playoff against, I think, Ukraine. It would have ended up being. But Finland finished third in that group. And obviously that was a side with Antti Niemi and Lipmanen and Yeremenko. And, and you know, of the handful of sort of household names that Finland's produced, uh, you know, three of them were in that team. 
when he was now or he was asked in his interview after this last crystal palace match he said that it was a pity that finland never qualified with those players because we had a very good team so and this uh, match in 2012 it was the last season when antti murinen was like on top of his career when he faced bielsa in helsinki after that it kind of went a bit down and he took few positions and he's not coaching anymore so but he is a big name in the Finnish coaching history he took Hoi to Champions League and that's still the only time when a Finnish team has been in the Champions League it's 22 years ago mm-hmm. so sorry I always call him HJK but how do I say it Hoiiko Hoiiko yeah Hoiiko okay Hoiiko yeah yeah, I mean, uh, th- I mean that that Finnish side, as you say, had had a lot of great players. How disappointing was it that that Murinen never managed to steer them to a tournament? Because for a, for, for some countries, not all, of course, but some with you know smaller population and and haven't traditionally produced many great players over the years, to get a crop like that, I'm, I'm guessing it was very disappointing that they never quite managed it. Yeah, it was. It was and. That's the thing that nowadays this team, which we, which qualified now, it's not even close in terms of the quality they had then. So, of course, the it's different game nowadays and everything. But if you look the teams where the players are playing, so under Murinen's time, it was completely different. And yeah, I think people are very frustrated because I remember I went to see to Anfield, um, England. Um, against Finland in 2000 and mm. early 2000 and then we were one nil up and we were in control and then I think England beat us like 2-1 or something two one, yeah 2-1 yeah, yeah. was right so um, so yeah and remember seeing Germany here at the Olympic Stadium and we were able to challenge them home and away so of course we were very disappointed mm. but they've qualified now they're currently playing in the the European Championship, yes. so that's yes. so that, that that's uh, that, that's a, a cause for celebration of, um, as well. Um, and I mean, I've already forgotten. I'm so sorry how to pronounce, but HJK Helsinki, as it's uh, written for, in English, um, they they were the champions. Uh, of course, a very successful side in in Finnish football um, in that season in 2012. And 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 I mean, a Europa League playoff round. It's. I, were people expecting them to reach the the actual tournament because they started off in the Champions League? Uh, of course, the preliminary stages they reached the third qualifying round and then lost to Celtic four one on aggregate, dropped down to the Europa League playoff round. Was I mean, is that without saying Petros, was that the best they were kind of hoping for? I mean, especially when they draw a team like Athletic Bilbao. Uh, no, actually, actually they. Under Mourinho, and they've done better in the in the Europa League than this. Mm-hmm. So, so it's 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 it was quite quite a successful 
era for that club, and it's still by far the biggest club in 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 in, in Finland. So, so uh, I think uh, they they should be able to compete in the Europa League, and I think that's also their goal nowadays. Well, I mean, this was obviously a very tough draw, given given that Athletic had reached the final the previous season, given yeah. everything. I mean, I know this was uh, the second season with Bielsa when things had begun to go wrong, when Javi Martinez had been sold to Bayern, when Fernando Llorente had been sort of frozen out with it, because he was, wasn't signing a new contract. Uh, and that this, this war had, had turned out quite a difficult season for Athletic, but it, it's still, of the teams you could get in the Europa League playoff, it a, seems a pretty tough draw to, to, to get one of the previous season's finalists. Yeah. And, yeah, and, sorry. Yeah, yeah and, and what what made this like very special, at least for me, was like when we were spying these training sessions, and <laughs> and it now when we when this whole COVID uh, COVID time came last year, and we were laid off for a while from the football club. So uh, me and my friend, we have time to analyze them, and actually we realized that. Um, we didn't really understand what Biasa was doing in those training sessions, and it took us two months to analyze those uh, thirty minutes that 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 we were able to record there. And actually, I think it made us better coaches also. So, mm-hmm. so that was also one of the reasons why why I, why I wanted to chat about this match. So, can, can you? Can you give us some specifics? I mean, what what was it he was doing, and what was it he was doing that you hadn't? That it took you until last year to understand. Uh, it was uh, unbelievable because everything was like ready two hours before the training session started, and it looked like an orchestra or some something's coming there. So it was unbelievable that it was uh, all the dummies, cones, everything was there. And they they didn't have to move a single thing during the training sessions. They also took only took things out from 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 the pitch. So so everything was very well organized. And there were a lot of coaches. There were like ten, eleven coaches organizing the whole thing. And maybe then I understood how to organize a training session so that everything works so smoothly. But when we started to really analyze what is happening there, it's quite unbelievable how how deep he goes and how he analyzes the game into such a tiny details that how tree, how you find the third man or how you find the game spaces or how you do unmarking and how it's all related to the match which is coming on on the next day. So that was maybe the big thing and maybe the thing also for for me as a coach was also to understand that uh, that there are different kind of football coaches, but Bielsa is definitely a football teacher. And it kind of, like you see now Leeds playing, that he's really done his job. And that's, I think it's a big, big kind of <laughs> point in terms of coaching that you are able to teach your professional players so much and make these average players so good. So maybe that's what I've realized after analyzing this. That's actually he's giving his players tools. And like he's saying that there might be few players like Messi or Ronaldo who they might not need so many tools. But these 
average players, they need tools and he's able to give those tools to the players. So maybe that's the biggest thing I I learned from from analyzing these Bielsa videos. So so this this training session, it was what two days before the game or the day before the game? Uh, a day before. A day before. Yes. And so you said it was 30 minutes long. How? Uh, it was a bit longer, but we edited the video, so it was like 30 minutes action. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so presumably the day before the game, it's it's not that intense? Or, or it was just as intense as a normal session? Uh, it wasn't that they, they didn't play at all. So they just did different kind of drills. And they would be so, drills what, to, to work on technique or to work on... On shape and finding space. Both. And both. Both. They, they did some pressing exercises and then some drills. So I mean, that was... Ira, Bielsa has a reputation of being quite a complex character, I think it's fair to say. And yet you, you talk about him as a football teacher, which makes sense, and equipping his players. And you mentioned his success at Leeds United. I mean, but you also talked about, obviously, it took you... A couple of months to analyze the training techniques were they particularly complex training techniques that, that that you were seeing because to give players i suppose the tools to go and play some of the best managers try and make it as simple as possible so i'm trying to kind of match that up and think was was it particularly complex or was there actually simplicity within all of his methods yeah actually it's very simple he his, one of his principles is that he usually takes only maximum five players and one coach. Mm-hmm. And it's very simple, but to understand this complex nature of his philosophy, you have to <laughs> really study it. And then when you kind of start to study it, it, it is simple, but it takes a lot of time to understand it. I don't know if and this what makes was... any sense, but... Yeah, no, no, it does, absolutely. Yeah. But... What what was what I mean? He presumably saw you. So what what was his reaction? Yeah, it was funny moment because there was because it's a very open stadium and, and 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 there was a Finnish like third division match going on at the same time and Bielsa suddenly got it was very bizarre. He was the training sessions were going on and he went to watch the match. <laughs> and, it's uh, like a moth to light. You just can't help yourself. And and. He just watch and, and it's like a pub level almost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so uh, it's the it, it, it's the four highest levels of the players are not even semi professionals. And he was watching it very intensively. And then he saw us on the rocks. And he I think he's a quite shy man. So And sorry, he, when when you say on the rocks, it's sort of well, like a, a rock overlooking the stadium or Yes. Okay. So we were now when there is a COVID time, so no one no one gets into the stadium. So now people are watching matches from the same rocks because you see inside of the stadium. So there's a lot of people watching those matches. Hmm. Uh, so yeah, Biasa saw us and, and 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 he he made clear that he has seen us, but he didn't pay any attention. Like that, he didn't let he he, he didn't say anything or shout anything, but. I think he knew we were there. A bit of mutual respect, perhaps. You know, he, uh, yes, that's what he uh, <laughs> he, he said to, words to that effect uh, when he was in uh, the championship. Yeah, maybe, maybe. But it was also that they had beaten Hoiko in the first match six nil, and that was the Hoiko players said that it was like that. When I did my spying report, one actually 
Hoiko's player replied that he felt like that he was in a laundry machine during that match. And that that it could have been 15-0. And actually Hoiko, the only once or twice during the match, really got over the halfway line. So they played it in the one goal. So and when Hoiko got over the halfway line the, in the first match, they uh, shot the crossbar. So so that's that was the first match, and in the second match they rotated a lot of players, and it wasn't a, a very intense match uh, from both sides. But yeah, but it definitely leave, left a mark on Finnish football and history. People are still speaking about the match. Yeah, um, it's interesting as you say. First leg finished six nil. Bielsa said after the game. You can never assume that any tie of this type is done and dusted, but I can't deny that we have opened up a significant advantage. <laughs> as magnanimous as ever. That's well, such a classic Bielsa circumlocution. Yeah. So kind of yeah, ne- never never give a straightforward answer when you can <laughs> add fifteen clauses to it. Exactly, yeah. Okay, chaps. Well, let's take a quick break and after which we'll talk more about uh Finnish football and Bielsa himself. See you in a moment, everybody. Welcome back to the Greatest Games podcast on the Blizzard. Um, yes, yeah, so, well, let's get to the, the second leg itself. I mean, 3-3, as you say, um, Athletic uh, fielded a week inside. But you mentioned in the first half that, that people remember this game. Perhaps they still talk about it. I mean, is, is this game, is, would you say it was quite important um, in, in recent Finnish football history? Yeah, obviously now when... That's Biasa hasn't visited here too often, and now Premier League is very popular here in Finland. So, so, so obviously the time when the only time when he really now, at least last ten years, visited here, and and it was well documented because we did our spying reports, which we are trying to now translate into English, since we are speaking about it. So it's a massive document, mm-hmm. and and so yeah, yeah. And I think a lot of young coaches nowadays they take inspiration from Bielsa. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, and, and Era, what did you learn? What What did you learn or have learned from those techniques, perhaps directly or even indirectly, that that you saw and and how has it inspired you? And what do you use? How has it changed your coaching methods? Uh, a lot, like how to. Uh, uh, we already spoke briefly about these things, but just a simple technical, tactical details that helps players to play football. That's mm-hmm. the mainly the thing. And how how you you, for example, unmarking, how to lose your marker, and things like that. That when you step on a pitch as a coach, you are not anymore like trying to guess. You have to find the information from somewhere that how to teach these things to the players and then you also when you we watch the um, Bilbao Hoiko match then you actually see that these things are happening on the pitch so it's quite unbelievable that he clearly Bielsa teaches players something and then mm-hmm. oops it's happening on the pitch exactly like that so that's that's the thing that uh, as a coach you have to be able to take the things you teach the players on the pitch too and to the matches so that's that's one 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 point that you have to remember every day 
And it, I mean, I, 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 maybe, maybe I'm not right about this, but it's always seemed to me that that Bielsa is a hugely inspiring figure, precisely because he does what he does with players who are not absolutely at elite level. That he takes, you know, in Leeds' case, players who essentially most of that Leeds squad we thought of as a sort of mid-table Championship club, and he's transformed them with okay two or three players added into a, a, a comfortable mid-table Premier League club who play football that everybody wants to watch. So you know, one of the things I, I often think watching a Guardiola team, for instance, is, look, I, if he went to, let's say, Sunderland, could he do that with Sunderland? Now, that's not to say Guardiola is not a great coach. He clearly is a great coach. It's absurd to suggest that you have to be able to do it at every level. But Guardiola's methods seem to me to require elite-level players. Whereas what Bielsa does, he seems to be able to do it with any level of player. So presumably for you working in, in a Finnish third division, that is a huge inspiring thing that you can think, actually, yes, I can take these lessons directly. Whereas if you were watching Guardiola, for instance, you'd be, well, I can take some lessons from this, but I have to change the message because the level of my players is, is different. Is that fair? Yeah, exactly. But also as a coach, it's also important not to copy straight that you should have your own ideas because if you just copy then uh, it doesn't work so maybe for example here in Finland we have a lot of Spanish influences nowadays and a lot of Spanish coaches so we kind of mix mix these all different philosophies and kind of try to find our own way and I think when if we go a bit back to our national team uh, the big reason why they actually now are playing so well that uh, I think it's ice hockey, which is traditionally the biggest biggest sport, at least the most popular sport. Nowadays kids are playing football, so it, it's kind of changed. So so uh, ice hockey started the devil, like they tried to uh, create their own way of playing, and it was criticized very heavily in the early two thousands that no 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 that. Uh, forget those whiteboards and just play and let the players play. And I think that was the culture in our football national team, that there was this, even Antti Muurin and the coach who faced Piazza told that he was having a chat with uh, Jari Littmanen, who is the, our best player ever. And Muurinen was saying that I want you to play with less touches, that this is my idea that we play with one or two touches. and. Litmanen said, no, 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 that we, we are not skillful enough that, you know, he, he, he had played in Ajax and, and, and Barcelona, so we are not good enough. And I think nowadays we are not having this kind of discussion maybe anymore. I think it's more, it started in ice hockey and everyone was criticizing it. And then it went to basketball and volleyball and now it finally came to football and uh they have a coaching team they analyze everything and they respect these rules or principles of ball games that's i think that's why they are in the games our team if you look at the teams where they play uh the clubs where they play it's not that impressive and now the latest stats show that actually our team is the uh according to the players' transfer fees, is by, by far the cheapest in the whole Euro. So uh, I think 
that's the big change. And I think Bielsa in that match, he showed what you can do uh, as a coach. Obviously, you, you cannot compre- compare maybe Bilbao and Hoiko. That's a bit different uh, perspective. But but our national team, they've definitely, the coach is Marco Kaneva. He has taken a lot out from the players. So, uh, yes, we have learned some learned something here. And I think we are not having that kind of discussions anymore, the players, that what are the principles, how we play. So, I mean, that seems would seem to be quite encouraging for the future, that this this isn't just one great coach or one great generation of players, but it's it's a very productive culture. And so it should be able to sustain success yeah, for, uh, for several years. Is that fair? Yeah, the Finnish football is... Because I was that five years in England, I also saw a lot of grassroots football and went to lower league matches. And it's like uh, we are very strong in, in, in grassroots. And here everyone can play football and... And we have a lot of professional coaches on a on a grassroots level. So, for example, the club Epps, where I work, we have 15 full-time coaches. And we work with all the age groups. And uh, we have full-time coaches in a football school where the kids come for the first time ever to play football. We have football. We have full-time coaches in the first team. So we have full, full-time coaches helping the players on every level. Uh, but the thing which is a big difference that the players they have to pay so uh, not in the first team but even if you play on an academy level the players they have to pay so uh, it's not really a business here and and I think it has its pros and cons looks like it's been working so that we are in the euros but it's interesting to see what is the next step because it must come here the development which is everywhere else in the europe because it's not really that big business yet we just let kids play and maybe someone makes it on the top of course our football association they are ambitious and they they try to develop things and they have developed things and clubs try to develop things but uh, according to numbers, we are just running a small, small business here in Finland, and I think that's quite interesting. That how this football works, because when I, what I learned in England was it's just like if Arsenal, Tottenham, if they have a good player, they just they try to sell him or they try to develop him on on, on a top level. But here we are not there yet. Mm. I, I mean, the the sort of the I guess the lazy comparison to make with Finland is to compare them to Iceland. Five years ago, in year two thousand sixteen, is is there any comparison, or is that just sort of you know we see two two sort of smallish nations from the north of Europe, and we sort of assume that they're similar? Are, are there other comparisons to be made? Uh, yeah. Uh, what we learned from Iceland was they also uh, uh, put a lot of effort on the on the junior side, on the grassroots side, a lot of educated coaches. So yeah, there are similar uh, similar principles. Of course, we are a bigger country than Iceland, so mm-hmm. we should do better also. So I think we've been underachieving during these years and hopefully it changes in the future. But uh, at the moment, I think the good thing is that we are able to develop young players who are very skillful. They work with professional coaches 
But the next challenge is when they are 15, 16, 17 to compete with the with the European clubs because I've seen it what it is because if for example we have Glenn Kamara who is from our club Epps and uh, he plays at Rangers now so he in Finland he played here and I remember speaking to him in London and and he went to Arsenal and he was just concentrating on 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 football when he was 16, 17, 18. He, they said that they had school uh, once a week and it was like what to eat and how to do stretching. Mm-hmm. But here school is very important and if you say to parents that I'm going to be a football player and I'm, I'm, I'm not going to school, it's not, it's, of course there are always these people who take their kids out but it's not very common yet. Yeah, I mean the financial rewards obviously in England are far different and one can get a bit obsessed with that but you, know, you, 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 you make a good point. Um, I mean, what what do you think then would be the right direction for Finnish football to go in, in terms of, because Jonathan said, you know, the lazy comparison is with Iceland and so on. What, what, what would you like to see change in Finnish football to try and maintain um, a better standard for maybe the, ultimately the national team, I suppose? Uh, I think our national team, they've found the way to do it. They analyze the opponents very deeply and they use all their resources they can and uh, it's also important that they haven't copied any style from abroad they've just analyzed what kind of players we have and then created their own game model uh, based on the quality of the players and also based on the and then using the game plan uh, based on the opponent's uh, abilities so I think that's the way our national team should work, and mm-hmm. um, but I'm not the man who decides it. So, <laughs> but maybe so, one day you never know. <laughs> uh, you you never know, <laughs> and 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 yes, uh, I think that's like everyone can probably see Finland there, and and, and I think it's been quite obvious how we, it's we've been a difficult team to beat, and mm-hmm. that's how we should do, and and hopefully in the future we'll will also be better in developing uh, and selling players abroad and making a bit more money to finish football because that isn't here yet. Mm. And I mean, Jonathan, whatever happens in, in the Euros, you know, the, the, without again sounding sort of patronising, the fact is that Finland there, they've, they've, they've qualified and that can be used as a springboard for, for, for a country to go on and do good things. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the first step, isn't it? And, and for a lot of countries, it's it's the only sort of achievable goal uh, whether Finland can go on and, and, and can become a regular qualifier um, I mean in terms of population it, it has advantages that Iceland clearly doesn't, I mean I think Iceland is so small that there's always going to be I mean, even sort of the Netherlands you see there's ups and downs um, but but Iceland it's, it's just not possible to have uh, you know, a great generation every four years uh, or you know, Slovenia, if you think they had that one great generation back in 2000, 2002, who you know, qualifying for the Euros and the World Cup, and now, you know, nowhere near qualifying. So I, I think for smaller nations, it is difficult, but obviously Finland is a little bit bigger than, than, than those two. Um, a 24-team Euros um, maybe makes it slightly easier. Um, but yeah, it, it's it, I, I guess it's... 
it's about enjoying this tournament. I mean, again, that does sound patronising. I don't mean it to, but to be there is an achievement for your first mm-hmm. one. Is you know, is something to be celebrated, and so almost whatever happens on the pitch, um, it's it's you know, the first box is ticked, and then you look at World Cup qualifying, and then you mm-hmm. look at can we get back to the Euros, and can we start to maybe push on and and see how far we can go in the tournament. Yeah. I mean, the fact that Iceland got to the quarterfinals of the last Euros, I, I, I you know, is is utterly remarkable. Uh, Wales, I guess, is another comparison that, of mm-hmm. course, they. I mean, I was going to say they benefit maybe. There's clearly advantages and disadvantages of, of being so enmeshed in the English system that they, you know, there's a possibility of them to lose players to England, but at the same time, a lot of their players will get high-level academy coaching from being in the English system. So maybe Wales isn't a fair comparison, but in terms of a smaller population, you're not going to get to every tournament. But if you can get to a few and then enjoy it when you're there. And if you can do what Wales did and get to the semi-final of, of one, well, that's sensational. Yeah, yeah no doubt. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. sorry, Yuri. Yeah, I think like Denmark, who is in our group, they are, of course, they have a long uh, tradition in football and, 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 and they've been very successful. But it's a country of the size of Finland uh, in terms of the population. So uh, that's, that's something. And, and, and According to the latest uh, FIFA uh, studies, they their transfer fees from the Danish clubs last year was it like sixty million dollars, and ours were three million dollars. Mm-hmm. So that's the gap we are having now in, 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 on, 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 a, on a money front. And but obviously, with the help of uh, coaching and, and, and we have this term in fin- Finnish, this sisu, which is like our attitude, never give up. And I think our team is a good example of that. And they also have a very strong like pride and in a good way and, 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 and sense of belonging and, and, and team cohesion in the team. So these are the things and because traditionally in Finland, we've been pretty good in running on cross-country ski, cross-country skiing or ski jumping because we are a very big country in terms of these uh, distances. So from here up north is over a thousand kilometers. So it's a big country, and, and and we've been a bit isolated, and and it changing a it changes a bit, uh, but. It took even our ice hockey team. It wasn't very uh, successful until the 90s. So, so it's been changing and the nature of young people is changing. That They like to be together. They like to be in the team sports. And they used to be enjoying uh, throwing javelin. And no one's done, doing that anymore. No one's doing ski jumping. Of course, someone is doing, but not, uh, not too many people anymore. Everyone wants to play football. So that's that's changing, and they want to be in team. So that's one of the reasons also, and that's also good for the future of Finnish football. Hmm. And all that's missing uh, is a marquee win against England, as is the tradition of the Nordic <laughs> and Scandinavian nations, of course, here. And no doubt that will come sooner rather than later. But um, it's been a pleasure talking to you about... Um, about Finnish football, how it has developed and is developing and what it's like to spy on Marcelo Bielsa to give him a taste of his own medicine. So thank you very much for coming on the pod, Hero.
Thank you. It was a pleasure, and I hope it didn't distract too much that I was in this away dressing room and it's just <laughs> yeah, we should, go off. Yeah, we, yeah, we should explain to anybody who sees the video <laughs> that it's an you know, it is an automatic light that keeps going out. So that that's why why I was sitting in the darkness. It's not. Uh... Yeah, I have to I <laughs> wave my hand a bit once in a while so to get it. This working, is another. So. This is another spying technique. Yeah. in the way dressing room in the darkness. You know, just waiting for any kind of little whisper about the <laughs> tactics and so on. This is how. It works. Yeah, we have to use all the tricks. We don't have a have a have a very big budget, but we try. <laughs> and I hope you succeed, sir. Well, thank you very much for coming on the pod. Thank you. Um, for more stories like that, do check out theblizzard.co.uk. Myself and Jonathan will be back next week with another great game from the history of football. See you then.